Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. John eight twelve. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm going to be bringing you homeschool insights and delights from our household. Where God is even in the Christmas tree, we have sitting discreetly on a table, lit to remind us that Jesus is the light that gives life. As we approach this new season in our church calendar, we aren't looking for a baby. That's already happened. What we're looking for is Christ's second coming. We've been focusing during Advent on preparing ourselves to receive God's tremendous love. And although as Christians, we do this work all year, this is a special time in our liturgy as we remember Christ's incarnation and how our lives were irreversibly changed all those centuries ago. God wants us to feel the full impact of the peace that comes from accepting him as our saviour, as the light that gives life. In our imperfect lives, we put up all kinds of roadblocks and pitfalls as we stray, hide in caves, suffer with our anger, our unforgiveness, our judgments, our pride. The kind of peace God is offering is found in the meaning of the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom is a complete peace. It is a feeling of contentment, wholeness, well-being, harmony, prosperity, rest, the absence of agitation or discord. Jesus wants us to follow him so that we will never live in darkness, but enjoy the light that gives us life. May you find shalom this year. Today is my 200th show. And I've invited a few friends to join me and talk about Christmas, to offer some encouraging words for those who may be alone or raising children who get bewildered by the change in schedule, to share local customs and some quick fix-its if you're behind with your preparations, and the overarching meaning of this time spent thinking about one another, cooking together, enjoying the outdoors and one another's company. My blue-eyed cowboy and I have been considering the changing face of the holidays in our household. Two years ago, we weren't here with family. We were in England, and that's where it all began. Dortz was there, and my brother and his boys joined us for the evening, but it wasn't the same as the usual round of family bursting the seams of our large, comfortable home, a table groaning with food, music and laughter, and all of us inhabiting one another's space. Last year, we didn't know it was going to be the final Christmas in the house where our children were grown, and Wildflower Academy was born, and we celebrated with the traditional McNenny flair. We took the favourite photo of the year in our back 40 to the, in the surprise flurry of snow that had fallen while we were seeing Les Miserables. Impromptu foot pictures always turn out the best. This year, we have no home. We're at my mother-in-law's, and although I'm most comfortable, it is still not our space. The children are coming to spend the day. Well, most of them are. My cowboy and I asked, are we ready to let go of the Christmas culture we'd nurtured for 20-some-odd years? I, for one, am hoping grandparents will be figured into whatever cultures our children choose to create for theirs in the years to come. I didn't spend a Christmas with my parents until my eldest was 20. Just one more thing I don't want to bring over from my side of the family. But I feel confident that my children will want to celebrate with us when they can. At the moment, they see each other regularly, so it's not the annual family get-together yet. I don't want to pressure my children if they don't want to do the full-blown Christmas get-together, or Thanksgiving for that matter. That's not the only time we see each other. However, I suspect our children will want to hang out and hang on to their nursery traditions and bask in what they remember as warm and fuzzy feelings. Let's hear now from my friend who lives, works and learns with her family in their mountainside home at the end of a dirt road on the Gaspé Peninsula of Quebec, Canada. Hi Vivian, it's so nice to talk with you again and I'm sitting here at our favorite cafe in, in the little town um, where we live so you can kind of hear some of that going on behind me. I, I'm in town this afternoon with my youngest daughter Brienne because we have to do a little bit of Christmas shopping 
there's a, a little store in town that's only op- open during the Christmas season, and it features um, the local locally made gifts that you can buy for friends and family. So, so we we actually all drew names this morning, and we have to either make something or buy something, probably. Bought, buy something handmade or, or homemade by somebody else, and um, so now we have to do a, some looking around to see what we can find. So after we are finished at the cafe with our tea, my daughter is sitting across the table from me. Um, we're going to go over to this. I think it's called Marché de Noël or something French like that, mm-hmm. the, the, the Christmas market, and uh, do do a little bit of um, investigative uh, work before we probably make our purchases later this month. So uh, you had asked me what Christmas is like in our home, and it really depends on the year. Um, it, it changes all the time, but there are a few things that are uh, that we do have as traditions or rituals. We are we are Christmas Eve gift givers. Um, that we, it's always been that way for me growing up, and then we kind of carried that over uh, into our home with our children so we, we we give gifts on christmas eve and then we do a little stockings on christmas morning um we're not santa people we never did santa and i didn't grow up doing santa either so so we never did that kind of tradition um we're more um we we know that we're giving gifts to each other and that things come from each other and and we know that we're thinking about each other through the month and what special things we could do for each other so um that's kind of what the gift giving looks like in our home and this year our gift giving um the, the gifts that my husband and I have purchased for our family and our kids are all about getting ready for our through hike next year we're going to be hiking the Appalachian Trail and that's a 6 month hike and we had quite a bit of gear already you know the tents and our backpacks and we have you know we've been hiking and backpacking for years but we need we needed to upgrade some of that and we need more specific pieces so we just did a big online order and um everybody knows they're getting gear for christmas so not to expect you know the the favorite pair of jeans or whatever else they they might have wanted um so we we've that's when the orders are starting to come in. I just picked one up at the mailbox on the way here. And um, so I'm looking forward to putting those things under the tree because they will be very useful and very needed. Um, so that's kind of what the gift giving is like. Um, we also like to give each other things that we make, but there's no obligation. It's not It's not like a, we have to make gifts for everybody, but my children um, have always loved making things for each other and for us um and so there's that going on right now in fact as as homeschoolers we we usually take a break in december i started this oh maybe four or five years ago when i realized that there's just no way i could do homeschooling stuff in december and get ready for christmas and you know all the menu planning that has to go on and the extra cooking and things and also give my kids time to make all these crafts that they wanted to make for each other. And I thought that this year, with my kids being older, I could get away with maybe doing a little bit more schooling, you know, in later into the month. Mostly because with our, our um, next year, you know, we're going to be on the trail for six months. And, and in the new year, we're going to be getting ready for that. So there's not going to be a lot of uh, lessons going on come the new year. And I thought, man, I just need to, I need to get, you know, a couple weeks into December, but it's not happening. <laughs> I thought I could do it. But, but everybody wants to start making things and there's a different vibe in the home. It's kind of like, I don't know, December 1st hits and everything just shifts. And so we just have to go with it. And I have to set aside the things that I thought we could maybe get done because it's not like the kids are just lazing around wanting to watch video games or, or I mean, play video games. They they have things they want to make and, you know, and things we've got to do. So um, so we so I, I, I realized I have to let go of that, even though I had good intentions and my reasons for it were really good because come New Year, you know, I've got to get ready for our hike. Anyways, the learning happens all the time. And um, so I just I've let go of that recently. Um my my parents will be coming to visit us. Uh, they often spend Christmas with us because we live 
with we know we live about a nine hour drive from them so we're quote unquote close that for us that's close to family uh for other people it's far but for us it's close so they always they usually spend christmas with us um and then they will go to see my brother and his family after visiting us so um um, i'll be getting ready for their visit and then we have friends that are coming to stay with us uh between Christmas and New Year's, and we're going to do a backcountry ski trip, and we're really excited about that. That's where you go into the backcountry on skis, and and you ski from hut to hut, and then at the huts, you you know you have this you have these roaring fires, and you sleep in your sleeping bags, and then the next day you get on your skis and ski to the next hut. Um, so that's our we're really looking forward to that during our Christmas break we we usually every year um, we take a break from our work like my husband's work and and any online work that I do um, we take a break during the Christmas week from between Christmas and New Year's and we just do outdoor stuff and hopefully host friends or family and so that's kind of one of our traditions um, also that we just take that week off and do as much outdoorsy stuff as we can. So that's what Christmas um, is looking like at our house this season. Um, it's again, you know, we take a homeschool break and we we do a lot of making instead. You know, there's the, the kitchen making and the gift making and, and thinking about each other and what we can, you know, the special things we can prepare for each other for Christmas. Um, there's the anticipation of our Christmas break and having family come visit and having friends that we'll go do something active outdoors with. We really like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to interrupt you here. Tell me about your cooking. What do you do for large meals? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that more this month, but I'm not, I'm not one of those uh, big, how, how do I say, um, I kind of do a lot of things while people are there and I involve people. I don't do a lot of prep ahead of time. And so, and we keep things simple so that we're not, we feel like we can do things with people. The food is not the focus. So um, it's definitely a highlight of the actual Christmas Eve. Oh, that's another thing I I should tell you about because this year I think I'm going to actually try to make tortier which is um, a French tradition. We don't usually eat meat at home, but um, our friends just gave us um, moose meat. They, they hunted. They, they just hunted this moose a, couple, a month ago, and they gave us some moose meat, and it was, it was really important for them to do so. It's part of their tradition to give you know, from the, from the hunt to their friends. So I have this ground up moose meat in my freezer and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? So I thought, well, I could, I could improvise the, the usual tortilla recipe, which I believe has pork and use moose meat instead. So I think I might do that for Christmas Eve. And my mom is really good with doing turkeys. I don't even know how to bake a turkey. I've never made a turkey. My mom always does the turkey. And then we'll have soup the day after, which is Boxing Day in Canada. We celebrate Boxing Day, which is not so much a celebration. It's just another day of rest and holiday and time with family. So I always usually make soup that day. And and then when our friends come and we do the backcountry, we'll be dehydrating food this month for that. It, things like pasta and rice and sauces and high energy foods, nuts and seeds, you know, for our lunches and just that kind of, I mean, that's a whole nother topic of like backcountry food. <laughs> so when you dehydrate something, you actually cook it at home mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then you put it in the dehydrator, which we have a dehydrator and, um, it takes out all the water. And then when you're at camp or at the, at the, um, you know, the hut or whatever, you put it in a pot of water and you bring it to boil and usually let it sit for a little bit and it, then it's rehydrated. So it was really nice talking with you again, Vivian, and I wish you and your family and your listeners a really Merry Christmas and just time with their family and friends and time outdoors. I mean, that's something I really love to do at the holidays. So just blessings to you and yours. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Taking time to break from school and work is what this season is about for Renee. I'm with her when she says they take December off. We used to as well. There was always too much going on in the family to fit it all in. For a while there, we had Texas Boys Choir, and my sons were too busy caroling at Christmas tree lightings and churches for me to try and compete with algebra or Latin, although they got some of the latter with the more classical sacred pieces of music like Ardeste Fidelis. Then there was Nutcracker that eclipsed everything else and was a true family event for many years. During the days, we'd bake and make preserves and truffles to give us gifts. We'd observe Advent and make a Jesse tree sometimes. We'd go out and look at lights, glue hangers on chocolates to decorate the tree, which was always loaded with ornaments to catch the eyes of children. It was important for us to spend the morning of Christmas in our home. When the children were younger, they'd still have their nap before we headed out to another family home or family came over to us. We kept as much of the daily routine intact during this festive month so that the changes weren't overwhelming for young emotional children. Our prayers, our breakfast, nap times, meal times, bath and bed times rarely wavered during the early years, even though the month of December took on a completely different focus and was set aside for preparation, anticipation and excitement. Coming next are some tips from some friends of mine who have made a commitment to dedicate the rest of their professional lives to helping families navigate the scary world of raising a challenging child. Hello, we're Tom and Julie Meekins of uh, March 4th Family. It's good to be here. It's good to be talking with you. Uh, We have been married for 34 years, and we have four children who range from age 18 to 24, and because, as Julie's uh, uh, fun often phrase says. Is, often says, is because we are certifiably insane, we homeschooled all four of them. And our youngest, uh, our youngest two had varying degrees of special needs. Although anyone who is a parent would say that all of our children have special needs at one time or another. And our work is to encourage uh, families who are raising special needs children. And any child that has challenges, specific challenges. And so if, if you don't have what, what you would typically call a special needs child, but you have a child in your home or children in your home that present uh, special challenges <laughs> for you, then this is something that you might want to listen to because um, I think there's something here for you. So really it's for everybody. We're going to give you four tips to guard your health and your joy this holiday season. And these tips are not just for Christmas time. They're not just for New Year's time, but they're really for all throughout the year. And that's why we feel strongly about them. So we're going to start with um, our website is www.marchfourthfamily.com. And fourth is spelled F-O-R-T-H. So marchfourthfamily.com. And what we're talking from is a blog that's actually on our website. So if you want to get further in a little bit more detailed information, you can go and read our blog, Four Tips to Guard Your Health and Your Joy This Holiday Season. So I'm going to start out with some questions. Are you feeling a little nervous about the upcoming holidays? Are you worried how your child will react to change or a change of routine or unfamiliar foods? 
Is there concern for what grandma or Aunt Millie or cousin Jeremy is expecting from your family? Do you feel overwhelmed just thinking about all the preparations in addition to what you're already handling? Well, we are here to give you permission to take charge. Consider these four tips to guard your holidays so that you can survive with your health and your sanity intact. And the four tips, let me just summarize them up, um, up front. First is guard your schedule. Second will be guard your health. Third, guard your expectations. And fourth, guard your rest time. Let's start with the first one, guard your schedule. Be careful about overextending yourself and your underlings. Keep things as simple as you can and still add in transitions that will make precious memories for the future. And by tra transitions, he means traditions. Traditions. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Pick and choose carefully what activities you will say yes to. Keep assessing. Evaluate all throughout. Continually ask yourself, are the children getting cranky? Mm. Is it possible we are doing too much? Is it okay to withdraw from an activity if your children need to do so? Your children are depending on you to keep their wor world as safe in the same place. Very good. Thank you for sharing that, Tom. There will most likely be deviations from the normal schedule during the holidays. And really, that happens to be in all of life. And some of our children have difficulty with those transitions. So here's a few ideas to help you prepare your children ahead of time. One thing you can do is create visual charts. So you may want to create either a simple routine chart of your upcoming events to communicate what's coming, or just the normal day-to-day -day things they can actually count on happening so that they have a stability factor. Another thing you might want to consider is an audio recording. Now, this may be a great time to create a short audio clip of some things you are expecting to happen to give your children some idea of what is to come. Now, we have a lot of information on uh, another blog on our website that is called It's Not Good Enough. Now, It's Not Good Enough is about perfectionism. Some of our children have problems with perfectionism, and so we wrote an article for a specific family that was having this trouble and turned it into a blog. What we want to direct you there for is uh, the way to use digital recordings. It's all there, step by step. We're not going to go into those details right now, but if you're interested in knowing more about how you can use audio recordings to give communication to your children in a way where you're not talking until you're blue in the face, but you've got another way for them to hear it by just clicking it, you know, whatever you use as a digital recording device, you've got it right there for them to listen to. And then the third way to communicate to your children, some of the things that are going to be coming up are social stories. Consider preparing a social story. Now, your child is the center of the story, the main character, to communicate holiday information um, so that they can know kind of what's going to come and what's going on and what is my place in this and what's expected of the way that I respond to things that are coming up. Okay. Uh, the second tip to guard your uh, holidays so that you can survive is to guard your health. Uh, this is the time of the year when some of our efforts for eating healthy may get pushed aside. We definitely believe that there is room for special treats. Uh, we do caution you to keep assessing the amount of convenience foods, special treats, and fast foods you allow in your body and the bodies of your children. Uh, planning ahead is always a good idea. So here's some ideas. Take the time now to sit down and make a meal and a snack mm -hmm. plan. So take time now to sit down and make a meal and snack plan so that you can guard your health. Another thing you can do is to focus on how to keep your immune system healthy. If you don't regularly take vitamin C, now might be a good time to start fortifying the body. And there are other things that you can do to make sure that your body is getting healthy food. We've talked about that a little bit. And how else can we keep the immune system healthy, Tom? Yes, uh, I always say drink lots of water. Uh, did you know that dehydration not only makes you feel depleted, but it also causes illness? And most of us do not drink enough water. Uh, another uh, thing that we lack uh, is, is adequate rest. 
uh, we don't get enough sleep, we run ourselves to the ground, and we don't uh, get enough rest. We will talk more about that when we share about guarding your rest time uh, toward the end. Um, exercise. Uh, another way to keep the immune system healthy is to exercise. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just make sure to move your body and give your children sufficient time to get exercise as well. Uh, Amy and Julie do dance breaks throughout the day. Uh, they sometimes put on a peppy song from one of our CDs and just march and skip and dance and move until the song is over. It's really quite fun. It's fun watching them, too. <laughs> um, moving the body, and I'll, I'll join in sometimes, but uh, you know they'll do that more often. Moving the body is so important for good health and for good moods. If you feel yourself or your children getting irritable, it could be uh, rest is needed, but it could also mean that you need to move. Another thing that uh, that we forget to do sometimes to keep our immune system healthy is to breathe. Mm -hmm. Let me take a breath right now. <laughs> sometimes when we're excited or when we're thinking about something, we, we forget to breathe. Catch yourself during the day and several times purposely inhale deeply, hold it a bit, and exhale. And consider if, if you're deficient in any particular vitamin, vitamin um, also. Uh, kids who have allergies and asthma is, often needs magnesium. Um, almost all of us need to supplement vitamin D. Um, just some things, some other things to consider. Okay, so also you might want to keep on hand in case illness does enter your body. So the things that Tom was talking about is how to do things now. It's kind of like preventative to keep your body healthy. Um, here are some things that once we do catch something and, and we're a little off, and we're not 100%, um, we like to suggest these things. Good broth. We keep a stock of organic chicken broth from Trader Joe's or Whole Foods on hand um, in case we don't have any homemade broth available. Coercetin, let me spell that for you. Q-U-E-R-C-I-T-I-N is a good immune booster, and it's very good for those who suffer from allergies. Lots of vitamin C. And be careful that your vitamin C source is not also filled with lots of sugar or other preservatives. Sometimes we think that orange juice is all we need, but there really is a lot of sugar in orange juice, so you wanna think about that. And essential oils. And I want to give you the recommendation of the oils from Heritage Essential Oils. If you Google Heritage Essential Oils, you will find a wonderful website. You can put in um, an ailment that you have and um, or a health concern that you have, and they will give you tons of information. Okay, let's uh, move on to number three. Um, guard your expectations. You may have lots. Uh, you may have uh, kinds of uh, all kinds or lots of ideas, lofty ideas of how to make the holidays special and memorable for your family or your classroom. In order not to be disappointed and to keep a positive relationship with the children, keep your expectations realistic. Now we're already talking about guarding your schedule. Uh, keep in mind transitions and out of routine events and what they do to children. We have already encouraged you to keep things as simple as possible. Often unmet expectations create stress, impatience, unkindness, and broken relationships. And that's true for all the time. Okay, so keep your expectations low regarding decorating, baking, uh, extra activities, and entertaining. And then number four, Guard your rest time. We talked a little bit about that when we were talking about building up your immune system. Um, but we save this rest time emphasis for last because it often gets overlooked. And we want the consideration of this one to linger in your mind. If you adequately guard your schedule and your expectations, there will be time for adequate rest. Rest is such a critical part of keeping healthy and getting back to health if you're sick. Schedule in downtime for both you and your children. Sit and just read a book. Listen to some music. Just rest. As much as you can be home for the toddlers and infants, naps, make a commitment to do so. Create extra rest times for you and your children in the midst of, a, of the busyness. We encourage you to get yourself to bed at a reasonable time. I know it's tempting to put those little ones to bed and then spend hours preparing things. Maybe they don't really need to be done. We give you permission to take a nap while your children are resting. We encourage you to do whatever you can to guard your schedule, guard your health, guard your expectations, and guard your 
rest time. Sometimes it's during the holidays that we realize the children in our lives may need a little extra help in their development, may have some challenges that are coming up that you really didn't notice before. Remember, we always want you to know that you are invited to a complimentary Get Acquainted call to discuss your concerns and to let you know that what we have in place to help. You can contact us through our website, marchforthfamily.com, M-A-R-C-H-F-O-R-T-H, family.com. Thanks so much for letting us be a part of your Christmas listening this year, and we wish you the best holiday ever. Yes, Merry Christmas. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. This has been an odd build-up to the holiday, and I've done some things I normally wouldn't do. Buying online has become my best friend. No popping down the high street for that last-minute gift for me this year. The distances when you live in the country are something else. I decided I couldn't drive 20 miles just because I forgot one thing. So I turned to trusty Amazon and let the folk in their warehouses do the ferrying for me. I also haven't had to decorate because it's not my own place and all my ornaments and greens are somewhere in the storage unit. I hope you haven't left gift wrapping, baking and decorating until the last minute. But if you have, my next friend is passionate about helping us design stress-free holidays that will warm our hearts and feed our spirits. So drop your panic stations and listen up. Hi, this is Sandy Fowler. I am the host of Heartfilled Holidays Radio and the creator of HeartfilledHolidays.com, where we help families create happiness one celebration at a time. And I am so excited, Vivian, for you, and I'm so grateful that you asked me to come share some last-minute tips for a happy holiday, because I know that when things get right down to the wire, life can get crazy. It can feel completely overwhelming and really destroy your big day that you have been working up to for so long. So we are going to go through a few quick tips, but we're going to look at both sides of this coin of having a Merry Christmas. One side is the to-do list, and we'll get, like I said, some quick tips for that. The other side is expectations, and you can have a huge impact on your holiday with expectations. So we'll talk just a little bit about that too. All right, let's kick off with the to-do list. Here are just a few ideas to save yourself some time so you can still get everything done that you really want to get done. Number one, one of the main things that I know so many love to do for the holiday season is to bake. And if you love it and you have time to do it, that's great. But when you are down to the wire and you don't have enough time, it's okay to buy it or to buy part of it or let the kids do it or ask grandma and grandpa to come over and spend an afternoon with the kids doing some baking. It doesn't matter if they're chocolate chip cookies or if they are the most amazing and beautiful inspirations you have ever seen. Just do what fits into your life and what you have time 
left to do. Or go ahead and bake some of the really pretty cookies you usually make, but make less of them. Instead of making six dozen, make two. And then when you have company, instead of piling the plate super high with a bunch of cookies, show off your beautiful creations. Just set a few on a plate. As long as every guest can have one or two, you have done a great job. You do not have to have platter upon platter of cookies available. So just shift your thinking about that a tiny bit and you can get that baking done a lot faster. Another big item is wrapping gifts. But when it comes to quick gift wrap, there are two fabulous options, gift bags and material. Gift bags are a wonderful invention. You can just go and buy a whole bunch of bags and get a big package of colored paper or construction paper and a package of gift tags. Then go home. Run a whole bunch of that paper, colored paper, through the shredder. You can mix it up or you can keep it in separate colored piles, whatever you want to do. Then write out one tag for each person who receives gifts from you. Okay, now this is just one bag per person. So if you've got them more than one thing, it can still go in the one bag and you can kind of layer it inside the bag to, to be, you know, um, separated, have the gifts separated from each other. So... Write out one tag for each person. Then pick a bag that fits all the presents that that person's getting from you. Pop them in the bag, attach the tag, and top it with the shredded paper. And voila, you have all of your gifts wrapped in absolute record time. And as a bonus, you're being green here because your bags are reusable and the paper is recyclable, unlike tissue paper, which I did not know until recently was not recyclable. So... We like that. The other thing, the other alternative, which I use quite a bit, is material. And we don't think about using material to wrap gifts. You can use what you have at home. You can go up to the store and you can buy different uh, different fabrics, different patterns, Christmas patterns, just colors you love, or get you know one whole bolt of one color or one fabric and wrap them all in that. Whatever look you would like for your colors, pick that. But then all you do is take a pair of pinking shears. You know, those are those scissors that have the little sawtooth pattern on them and cut out squares, cut out rectangles. You can just lay out a piece of fabric, set your gift in the middle and gather up the sides and the corners and take that gathered bit that you have at the top, wrap some ribbon around it and tie it in a bow. And then what I like to do with the gift tags for those is I just take a paper punch and punch a hole in one end of the tag. I actually slide it onto the ribbon before I tie the bow. I'll wrap the ribbon a couple of times around the gathered area, slide the tag on, and tie it in a bow. And again, it's super quick. It's super easy to do and another green option. And then you will have that material available to use in the future or you'll be passing it on to someone else. Most people I give material to, they hand it back to me because they don't want to be bothered with hanging on to it and using it again. So my supply keeps on growing. So, okay, so that's baking, wrapping gifts. Of course, we all want to decorate. And hopefully you have done that by this point. But if you haven't, then choose one. This is my solution for a lot of decorating issues for any kind of event or celebration. And when I say choose one, what that means is choose one room to go whole hog and really go crazy, decorate that to your heart's content. And then in the other rooms, if you still want to add something, again, you're going to choose one, but just choose one one item or one small grouping of items in one area. So there's just a focal point in that room of the holiday rather than trying to fill room upon room because that takes a lot of time and that can feel really overwhelming. And of course, there is cleaning. And really, there are basically two choices here. One is outsource it. Call professionals, call somebody who you know does house cleaning, hire them to come in and do it. Hire a teenager in your area or someone else you know who's looking for a little extra Christmas cash. Hire it out. The other option is to enlist your family's help. 
just make a list of all the chores that you want done and then either assign them and say, hey, Susie, this is what you're doing. Tommy, this is what you're doing. Honey cakes, this is what you are doing. This is what I'm doing. Or what I have found worked better for me is I let them choose. I say, here's the list. Pick two things or three things or five things, whatever it is that I want them to do, depending on how ambitious I'm feeling about the cleaning. And you can just give them a deadline if they're older, if they're young adults or if they're teenagers. You say, this must be done by and give them a deadline. Or no matter what the age, it's really fun to turn this into a little cleaning party and pick a time and say, we're all meeting in the kitchen at 10 a.m. and put on some music and have fun with it, maybe make some games out of it. You can get a timer out and you can say, okay, you know, everybody pick a chore that you're going to do in the living room. And you set the timer and you all go in the living room and see if you can beat the clock. And in my world, since I have teenagers, bribery is always good. So I would maybe do something like get out a bag of Hershey Kisses. And if all four of us get our chore done before the timer goes off, then the whole team, everybody gets a Hershey's Kiss. And that just, you know, that creates a little support, a little camaraderie. If someone gets their chore done faster, then they join in and they help the other people. And it just turn something kind of icky into something really fun and gets a whole lot of work off your plate. And the last thing from the to-do list that I want to talk about is shopping. Because if you still have shopping at this point, you do not want to be racing around store to store. You are not going to be ordering online because you're not going to be getting it in time. So the first thing to do is look at your list and go, do I really need to get gifts for everybody on here? You know, sometimes we start tossing people on our gift buying list who, yes, it would be nice if we got something for them, but we don't actually have an official gift exchange or we've never gotten them a gift before or we can do something for them after the holidays or later in the year. So first, see if you really need to get gifts for everyone on there. Just kind of double check. Then, Take a peek at who you've got left and consider doing something a little bit different. Give the gift of you. And this one is super fast to do. You can just run up to the drugstore or run up to your local paper store or your Hallmark store, buy a small pack of pretty notes, or you can use Christmas cards if you have those, and then write little notes inside and tell them, what their gift is going to be. And in this case, what you'd be thinking of are gifts, what I call the gift of you, you know, things that you would spend time doing with them or things you would do for them. Maybe you are great at organizing and your cousin just loves it when you come over and help her sort out the mess that she's gotten over the last year in her kitchen or whatever. So, you know, maybe you give her the gift of a weekend of organizing or an afternoon of organizing. You can write that in the note. Maybe you have someone who loves to play golf or loves to go to the theater or go horseback riding or to sporting events, whatever. You can just write in there that you will be going with them. You're going to get two tickets. This is an afternoon for two or an evening for two that you will go together to such and such event. But for right now, you can just write it into the card. Or for another idea, you can do this with anything that is um, perishable or anything that gets used up. And that is you can do uh, a gift of the month or a gift of the quarter. You know, pick whatever time frame you want, gift of the season. So something like um, you are now enrolled in Sandy Fowler's Wine of the Month Club. And every month I'm going to select an interesting bottle of wine and bring it over to you. And so you can do something like that. You can do wine of the month. You can do cookies. You can do um, dinner of the month, flower of the month, whatever you think they would like. And again, just write it into the card. And if you don't really like those ideas or you're going, oh, my gosh, that sounds completely overwhelming, it's okay to give the gift of cash or a gift card. 
just have fun with the wrapping. You know, if you're doing that, maybe instead of doing the quick wrap idea for those gifts, you might get a little more fun and a little more creative. I have shared some interesting posts that I found on Pinterest. We have a Pinterest board. The link is on our website at heartfilledholidays.com. So you can click over. I did this this year. There's someone that we just couldn't figure out a great gift. And if you ever ask this person what they want, they always just jokingly say money. So this year, I actually folded up money into the shape of a ring. And then I put it in a jeweler's box. So when they open it, there's this beautiful velvet box that looks like a piece of jewelry. And it is a piece of jewelry, but it's a spendable piece of jewelry. So have fun with that. Have fun with the gifts. You know, don't stress yourself out. And I'm going to wrap up pretty quickly here because we're going to run out of time. But you know, as I'm saying, don't stress yourself out. That brings us around to that idea of expectations. And truthfully, the most important thing you can do as you wind down to the big day, whether it's Christmas or any other event you're celebrating, large or small, is to shift your expectations. If things aren't going the way that you thought they were going to go, just kick back and go, okay, you know, from where I am now, what would I like to have? What would I like to do? And when you get to the big day, whatever happens, you know, if the cat's sitting in the middle of the table eating out of the shrimp ring or the, you know, well, the kids brought the goldfish to the table and spilled that or there's spilled milk or the dog runs off with the ham. I mean, these things happen. And when you've been working as hard as you work for Christmas over such a long period of time, it can really very easily get the better of you. But if you sit back and you go, what do I really want for this day? Most of the time, what we want is to enjoy our family and friends. So whatever happens, just sit back and relax and enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and let that day be fun and be special. And then you will have those memories to treasure and to cherish forever. And that's really at the heart of what most of us are looking for. So I wish you a happy, stressless, peace-filled, love-filled, joy-filled Christmas. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station? Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Getting into the atmosphere at Christmas is really easy when the weather cools down. Not as much as it's been doing in Texas recently. No need for the display of ice and snow we've been getting. But as it warms up a tad above freezing, the walk around the gated community where I'm currently dwelling is filled with a stillness that makes listening to God very easy. My every breath detects the faint whiff of wood smoke, and I'm grateful for the householder who has lit a fire, calling to mind England and the bonfire penchant householders have at the weekends to get rid of their garden debris. Asthmatic as I am, it doesn't bother me, only transports me to moments of comfort. You see, for me, it's not the hearth, the fireside warmth, the indoors. Nope, 
It's the smell of the outdoors, the crisp air in my lungs, the smoke in my nostrils as I trudge, boot-clad, wrapped in scarves, hat and gloves, along country lanes, hearing birdsong, wild wildlife scuffling in the fallen leaves, my face polished by the cold, my eyes smarting with the wind, my whole self glowing. I listen for church bells, completely transported. I've spent many Christmases abroad, where the Christian tradition isn't observed, so the holiday is ours alone. We sought the churches for our candles and wreaths, processions and nativity scenes, carols and the birth narrative, the familiarity of midnight mass, packed with people searching for the ritual, the meaning, hoping to recapture the magic from all those years ago, or, like me, to venerate the Holy Family and be bathed in the promised light. Light that will banish the darkness forever if we let him into our hearts. Which brings me to my penultimate friend and her son, who are living the history and culture of foreign lands, encountering amazing people, interacting as global citizens, serving as volunteers, and naturally learning along the way. Hi, this is Lainey. And this is Miro. And we are coming to you from Cusco, Peru. Both of us are um, writers and um, podcasters from the website RaisingMiro.com. We have been traveling for almost five years, and we have not spent a holiday season in the United States, where we're from, for almost five years now, for five holiday seasons. That's right, Miro? Mm-hmm. <laughs> The crazy thing is, we are Jewish. Well, that's not crazy, but the crazy part about that is that we have been traveling through Latin America, which is an incredibly Catholic um, tradition here. And we have spent, this will be our fifth Christmas, in different countries. We've spent a holiday season in Guatemala, Panama, um, Ecuador and Peru. So we've had lots and lots of different um, exposure to different traditions. And for us, we find that to be the most incredible cultural, cross-cultural experience. But personally for us, we bring with us our holiday family traditions no matter where we are and we find that to be an incredible interchange of um cultures with with the people with the communities that we're living in one of the things that we have with us is a menorah and um even though it's really difficult to find the candles here what do we do with the menorah we uh light it for hanukkah of course (laughs) So, um, luckily, this year, we were able to connect with um, a Peruvian-Israeli family that lives here in Peru, and l- actually, last night, we had, um, the la- for the last night of Hanukkah, we celebrated with them. So, this is really one of the first times in our five years of travel that we've been able to celebrate Hanukkah with people that celebrate Hanukkah. Um, But the great thing was it was a a mixture of two cultures completely blended. So the couple whose house we went to last night, we um, they had a Christmas tree in their living room because the Peruvian wife, of course, is Catholic and the husband is Jewish from Israel. And we got to see firsthand how two traditions that are seemingly so different are really very, very similar. Even though the cultural aspects and how we celebrate the holidays are slightly different, the meaning behind celebrating your family, celebrating the end of a new year, beginning of of a new um, year, the idea of being grateful for family, All of that was very, very similar among all traditions. Um, So for us, that was an incredible way to celebrate the holidays this year. Christmas is coming up, and we learned of a tradition that happens here in Cusco, and 
And or actually, it's outside of Cusco. Um, do you remember the name of it? No, I don't either. I'll, I'll have to look that up. Um, here in the Andes, the traditional people are Quechua people. That um, their their cultures predate the Christians, and they predate the Spanish coming to um, Latin America and South America. So even though most of the people that live in um, South America and Central America, all throughout Latin America, are very highly Catholic practicing, their traditions are a mixture of both the Christian Catholic um, persuasions and their original cultures. And we've been able to witness some incredible traditions that we would have never expected. But going back to the tradition that takes place outside of Cusco here in the Andes on Christmas, I've never heard of anything like this, but what the townspeople do is they come together in a central square and if they have any grievances with their um, neighbors or their family members, they actually get into a full-fledged fist fight to start the new year with a, um, without any grudges and without any animosity. And even though this, to me, seems to be a very extreme way to start off fresh, it's one of those cultural traditions that not only would I like to witness, but as an outsider, it's, it's up to us to respect and not judge what they do. And I think um, we're actually going to go high into the Andes and uh, witness this for the first time. So we'll have to report back to you as to what we actually witness um, while we celebrate their Christmas tradition as, as a bystander. Um, normally in the United States, as a, as a Jewish family, what is our tradition for celebrating Christmas? Every Christmas we eat Chinese food. <laughs> so that would, that would be our, um, our normal to do in the United States. But this year, we are, like I said, we're going to celebrate and be a, a bystander in an Andean tradition here in Cusco, Peru. So that's it. Um, we hope that all of your listening audience has an incredible holiday season and it's filled with so much love and joy. And we're sending you all the, the best wishes um, from Cusco, Peru. And before I go, I have a very short message from a dear friend who I've known since she was 11. Perhaps you'll feel emboldened to support her this Christmas evening as she steps out to carry the light into many a dark cave. This is Polly Wright, and I'm the founder of We Are Cherished, and we're a ministry that reaches out to women in the sex industry. And we would love if you'd be praying for us Christmas night. We go out on the 25th to every single open strip club in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and also Columbus, Ohio. And um, we will be passing out over thirteen to 1,400 uh, gifts on that night. We have three teams that go into the clubs taking Christmas gifts just to love on the women um, that are in the clubs on Christmas night. So, 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 Polly, if anybody wants to send something to you or help you in some way. They could send us uh, fuzzy socks mm -hmm. is uh, what we take in or nail polish or lip gloss. Mm -hmm. And if they want to make a fin financial donation, they can also do that. And it's a tax deductible financial donation to um, help the women um, get out of the industry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have a website? Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> and that is uh, wearecherished.com. And it's time for me to go. I hope you've had a lovely hour while my friends shared their Christmases with you. I had a merry time. Our card this year carries the words Surrender to the Light and is based on John eight twelve. By following Jesus, you will never walk in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. Remember this as you enjoy your family next week. Kiss your children and rejoice in your blessedness as a homeschooler this Christmas and every day. 
My youngest son bought me a bottle of champagne to celebrate my 200th show today, as he always does to mark a milestone. I'll be having a sip later and thanking all of you for your support and listenership over the years. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children, who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my friends who joined me this week to inspire and uplift you, Renee Tugar, Julian Tom Meekins, Sandy Fowler, Lania Miro, and Polly Wright, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to just glide you through your day. Take care, be safe, and Merry Christmas. I'll be back next week for my New Year show. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you His kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, doop, doop. Doodoodoop. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenny on Toginat. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who are willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So, we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNenny. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.